From the cozy confines of a 2004 Honda Accord, Drew, Dean, and Gary travel highway and byway finding the best and not-so-best independent pro wrestling around. So climb in, buckle up, and enjoy the scenic route as you take the road home from wrestling. Here in my car, I go sing this I can look on my cars, it's the only way to live in cars. Andy here reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at The Road Home FW. You can like us on Facebook and buy our merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. Also, very important, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Those reviews can really help others find the show. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. home from another week at Unsanctioned Pro. My name's Andy. I'm coming to you live to tape from the road home from wrestling world mobile headquarters of the world. And I got John in the front seat. What up, John? Boom, boom, boom. What's up? I'm here. How you doing? Good. I have Laffy Taffy. It's a little cold from the chilly weather outside. And I'm ready to talk about this show. Are you? Awesome. Well, I mean, you better get the notes out and shit. So you're actually ready. That would be awesome. Hey. Well, you know, if you guys have only listened to our unsanctioned pro shows, I mean, we know you're constant listeners, but, uh, you know, last <laughs> time uh, we came up for unsanctioned pro. This is a new promotion out of Columbus, Ohio, um, and uh, this was their second show, and my God, it was, I mean, the first show was a lot of fun. It was very good. This one was, they knocked it out of the park. You know, they really did it. It was, this one is tremendous. They did a great job with everything. We're going to get into it. Uh, we'll get to the ins and outs and all that stuff. But, uh, John, what's your kind of overall thoughts just to begin things? Uh, tell me a little bit about the venue and, and the drive up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the drive up was fun. We talked about movies and our love for that mm-hmm. the entire way. Uh, the venue was a, like a bingo hall, essentially, a moose lodge. There was beer. Big plus in my book. It was like $2. <laughs> yeah, that's it. awesome, right? Yeah. Most of the shows we go to, there's no alcohol. So it's true. Not that I like need beer to have fun, but it helps. <laughs> well, that's funny. But, uh, yeah, having alcohol is, is awesome. And, and like you said, that's a, one thing that a lot of places that we go, we do not get alcohol at all. You know, unfortunately, I have to drive, so I never get to drink. One of these days, some other motherfucker needs to drive, so I can drink. But Just let me know, man. I'll that's drive. what it is, you know. So I'm a control freak, though, John, so I bitch about it. And then when somebody offers, I'm like, no, I'll do it. Fuck it. You well, know, so. The only problem is if someone else drives, what's the name of the new mobile headquarters going to be? Well, would, uh, you know, the satellite world headquarters of the world would probably be the, you know, the name of it. Or, you know, something along those lines. I can think of something funny. I like it. it. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, so if it's been a while since you joined us, you know, we've been all over. We're the Road Home Wrestling Podcast. Any new listeners out there? And we go all over to uh, pro wrestling shows in the Midwest, and we talk about them on the Road Home, and that's our deal. So, uh, you know, tonight was a real special night, just mainly because it's been 
you know, a couple months since we saw the first show. And, you know, I don't know. I just really want this promotion to succeed because there's a niche, a niche or niche or whatever you call it here in Columbus, Ohio, for some super indie style uh, pro wrestling. And so that's kind of what we got tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy for these guys because we pulled up a little later than uh, I was expecting, although... I don't know. I just thought maybe it'd be a couple minutes before they started. I, I didn't know they would start exactly on time. I did find uh, we were sitting next to Jamie Coy, and he was a grump until, like, you know, three matches in. And then he he was smiling and clapping. He stood up a bunch of times. It was fucking yeah. shocking. So, uh, you know, but uh, I did find out from him that he said that they opened the doors right at 5. So, like, which is awesome. That makes me a lot really happy. So, uh, anyway... Um, you know, I, it's awesome to start on time. It's also awesome to, uh, you know, to kind of deliver what you're promising. And that's what these guys are out here to do. So anyway, um, yeah, when we pulled up, we were a little late and the parking lot was packed full of cars. And I was so happy. I was like, yes, man, there's tons of people here. The whole place was filled with people. I saw so many people I know. Um, there were so many wrestlers on the card and, and referees and all these people that I knew. It's just, I don't know, man. It's always great to go somewhere where you know people. And, John, one day you'll know these people. Yeah. I just want to go where everybody knows my name. Well, that's a different podcast. That's Wrestling Cheers, uh, which our friend uh, Justin Summers. So uh, he's a great dude. And that's a podcast that covers AIW. And we are going to talk about some AIW guys tonight. But let's get into the first match of the evening. Uh, What was the first match? Our opening contest was (laughs) Young, Dumb, and Broke, which was the team of Charlie Tiger and Elias Taylor and two other young, dumb, and, young, dumb, and broke people <laughs> against Awesome Odyssey, which is Jake Andrews and Chris Copeland. It's Jack Andrews, but yeah. Um, Jake Jack. Pretty close, you know. Um, so anyway, yeah, and um, the first time that, you know, the first Unsanctioned Pro Show, uh, Chris had had a match uh, versus other guy, and I don't remember what his name was, I'm sorry, um, and uh, it was okay. This was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys were really good. Now, one thing I do want to mention is that normally we do kind of like play-by-play on what happens and stuff like that, but honestly, I really want to come up and soak this show in, so I didn't take very detailed notes. There was also nine matches, so yes. we went down through every single one. We be here for like two hours. Yeah, well, the drive happens to be around two hours, so that actually would have worked out fine, but uh, at the same time, I, I get your point, and, uh, you know, uh, who wants to listen to a two-hour podcast, right? Because we're fucking assholes, and we don't want to listen to that, right? You got that right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, uh, so we didn't get like super, you know, specific with notes, but we're going to give general thoughts as well as maybe a few spots that we remember and everything. So tell me a little bit about the young, dumb, and broke guys. Uh, it looks like with the the fact that they're broke, it looks like they uh, cleaned out their closet before coming out for the show tonight. So they had like gym shorts on and sweatpants and just like. Little hoodies. Uh, most of them didn't have shirts because they can't afford shirts. Yes. Um, Which I thought, I think that's a perfect gimmick for a wrestler is that you're broke. Because yeah. then you can just be broke and it's fine. Yeah, and you can just wear your Speedo out to the ring and you're good. <laughs> Sorry guys, you couldn't afford anything else except for a Speedo. Well, no one was wearing a Speedo in this match though. Uh, no. You know, the awesome Odyssey came out. I still don't know what their gimmick is. I, I don't know what it is. I need explanation, you know? But at the same time, I should be able to tell by watching them wrestle, right? Yeah. But do you know what it is? I think it depends on what 
like place they're wrestling at. Really? Okay. Because last time I saw them, they had like villain T-shirts on. Oh. So it was like, hey, we're the bad guys. Okay. At this one, they I, they were from Columbus, so I would assume that they were the good guys. Absolutely, yeah. And and anyone who's young, dumb, and broke is clearly a bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you have a crustache. As your facial hair, they're a bad guy. It's funny because the uh, the phrase is actually young, dumb, and full of cum. That's actually the phrase, you know. But I guess Family Show, I guess, you know. I think that that's a different movie. Is, it, is there a young, dumb, and broke movie? I mean, no, I think there's a young, dumb, and full and full of cum movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's from like uh, I think that's from Point Break. You know, um, Johnny Utah is like a young up-and-comer, you know, cop, and the guy's like, look, we got a new recruit, young, dumb, and full of cum. And I'm just going to see how many times we can say that. <laughs> well, I'm uncomfortable, so let's get to the match. <laughs> hey, well, tell me about the match. What'd you think? Uh, so right out the gate, Awesome Odyssey. They hit a bunch of really sweet moves. There was one point where... Uh, Who's the white one? Is that, uh... Jesus Christ! And by the way, John is a racist, so, you know, it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, he's gonna say racist shit, so... The shoe fits, wear it. Oh! Uh, so, Jake Andrews. Jack! Yes, Jack Andrews! (laughs) I'm glad that I like these guys, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's Jake. Jack Andrews. Yes? Picked up Chris, and, uh, like, swung him around, and Chris hit the other guy with the... Boot to the face. No shit. Right. Boot right to his fucking face. His cum-filled face. <laughs> and then they did a spot later on where they, uh, Jake. Jack! <laughs> You're fired! Oh my god! I said that with such confidence Jeez, to do that. What are you doing? <laughs> look, it's in the notes. It I says know. Jack. I am dyslexic too, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I'm still going to make fun of you. So, uh, so Jack. Tell, yeah, so what did Jack do? He picked up Chris, and then they did the same, like, kick, but this time Chris caught the other guy with, like, a head scissor, oh. flung him out of the ring. No kidding. There was a lot of head scissors tonight, you know? Yeah. Because we had some lucha shit later. Holy moly, did we? So, uh, yeah. yeah. These, guys, yeah. these guys just hit a lot of cool different moves. Um, it was really fast-paced. Um, at one point, one of the dumb broke dudes came over <laughs> and pulled Jack. <laughs> did I get it right that He time? pulled him? What do you he mean? He pulled Jack off the apron. Yes. Uh-huh. And the ref saw it. And booted him out of there. That's right. Uh, you know, I believe Max Recon was the ref for this one. It's good to see Max Recon, tremendous referee. Uh, shirt always tucked in. and uh, Super tucked. Yeah, oh, super tucked. That's funny. And, uh, yeah, and, and then, you know, the uh, so the Young, Dumb, and Broke uh, guys, they came out with two other uh, Young, Dumb, and Broke guys, as you mentioned. And uh, one of them got tossed, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one played a part in the ending of the match, right? Yeah. Uh, with... Jack, on the outside, uh, one of the dumb broke dudes, hit Chris, put him in the corner, and the other guy snuck up to the top rope while the ref was distracted and uh, hit a really nice, what was it, 630? He did a fucking 630. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that move live. So he just kept spinning. I was like, he's spinning? He it just kept going. And then he just kept going. I was like, are you shitting me? This is what we're doing. In the first match, we're hitting six fucking thirties. And the guy so, wasn't even in the match. I know! Gosh, that was insane. And so, because of that, what happened? I got the pen. That's right. Who's they? Young, dumb, 
and broke. That's right. And not full of anything but brokenness. So they mm-hmm. they won. And unfortunately, Awesome Odyssey, they lost the opening match there. But you know what? They'll be back and they'll get revenge. You know? They will. Fuck guys that are broke, that are young. And yeah. Young. So, anyway. Well, that was the first match of the evening. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I really was impressed with Awesome Odyssey. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's amazing what happens when you take the handcuffs off some wrestlers like that. Young guys, and you you know, you put all these limitations on them, don't let them do anything, and, and then what happens when you take the handcuffs off is stuff like this. So, mm-hmm. it's really fun to see these guys just kind of get to go out there and do their shit, and I loved it. Yeah. It was a really good match. So, what was the second match, John? Second match, I'm going to read the notes, had Jordan Falco... Mm-hmm. Versus Matthew Justice. That's right, man. I love Matthew Justice, all right? So um, I've been singing his praises ever since I saw him for the first time at Hell on Earth at AIW last year. Um, And I've seen him at Paradigm Pro Wrestling, uh, you know, recently versus Daniel Eads. And goddamn, was that a great match. Uh, Matthew Justice is a guy, I believe he had a developmental contract at one point years ago. Uh, with WWE, I don't know what happened with all that. It's not my business, but point is, is that he wrestles a very WWE style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's amazing. He is awesome, and he can get a good match out of anybody. Um, now, Jordan Falco was in a scramble, or I don't know if it was elimination or a scramble match, but it was like a multi-man match at the last Unsanctioned Pro, and and maybe he won that. But I, I thought Evercross won it, if, if, if I'm pretty sure. But uh, he was in that match, and uh, he's uh, kind of, I don't know, he's like a short, stocky guy kind of, right? I don't know who this guy is. Well, you don't remember oh. seeing him? Oh, Jordan. Earlier? I thought you were talking about the other guy, no. Jordan Falco was going against him. Uh, yeah, no, he was probably my height, which is like 5'10. Yeah. So he's kind of a short, stocky guy. Yeah. Right? yeah. Compared to Matthew tall. Justice, we're all short, so uh, yeah. he is a large man. Um, and, uh, you know, one day, may not be soon, maybe years from now, Matthew Justice may be joining the Bald Dudes Club. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So, uh, Bald Dudes for life, it's okay. You nothing know, to be afraid of. No, it's nothing to be ashamed of either. You know, I am a bald dude, and I'm proud of it. So, anyway, but, uh, man, this match was tremendous. Okay, so, um, here's some nerdy wrestling stuff, all right? So, later on in the night, we saw guys doing this. Now, this is not, I am not talking shit or, you know, trying to bury anybody. I'm just telling you uh, something to highlight, something that's awesome about, uh, about Matthew Justice and Jordan Falco in this match. Later on, we saw guys doing 50 flips and all kinds of crazy stuff. We just talked about a guy doing a 630. Um, we also saw brawling in the crowd that was insane. All right? These guys did a lot with very little. All right? And that is a that is kind of what I'm finding is like a hallmark of, uh, of Matthew Justice matches where he doesn't do a million things. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to. He does what he needs to do to get the fu- to make the match great. And, you know, and that's... That's awesome. I just love that kind of wrestling. It's smart. It's a great way to wrestle. It's a great way to, you know, have a long career. So that's something that's really important. And I really enjoy seeing wrestlers uh, in, in have good health because they're not killing themselves. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that we saw from him that was a pretty intense move was he did a, like, like a back, like, I don't know, like a front flip, basically, like a cannonball off of the apron onto the floor. So, um, that was about as hardcore and out of control as this match got. He even yelled, you guys ever watch ECW? And then he did that, right? <laughs> that was fucking great. Um, uh, but, uh, they brought in the crowd a little bit. Do you remember any of that? 
Yeah, they uh, chopped all the way around the ring. Uh, I think they went to like three or four different spots, mm-hmm. and on the last one returned to the same starting position um, and just chopped the crap out of each other. A lot of chopping in this match, you know. So, But that's one of those things that you do. Uh, like I said, getting a lot out of a little bit. And, uh, you know, there were some power moves and stuff like that, but there wasn't a ton of moves in this match, which is fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, when they brought in the crowd, it was more, it was kind of lighthearted a little bit. You know, it wasn't so mean-spirited and everything, which, you know, we got a little bit of that later. So, uh, but uh, I really enjoyed this. What, you got anything else you remember from it? Not really. No? Okay. I mean, yeah. I just, it was an entertaining match. Okay. Well, uh, can you help me out with telling me how it finished up and everything and kind of carry me here for a second? Because I just took a wrong turn, and I'm trying to get us on the right path here. Yeah. So after the chop, the chop battle, they got back in the ring. Uh, there was a couple good false finishes from both of them. And uh, to wrap the match up, Matthew Justice won with a jackhammer. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. The one, two, three. Like I said, kind of a WWE-style wrestler. You know, I... Mm-hmm. I just love it. I think he's tremendous. Uh, you know, he'll be at Paradigm Pro Wrestling on Friday. He's, uh, you know, he's facing Flash Flanagan, so maybe he'll be able to get a good, get a good match out of him. You know, if he does, he's the greatest wrestler ever. So, anyway, um, so after that, we had our third match of the evening. And what was that match, John? That was an eight-man scramble elimination match for the new Hardcore Championship. Yeah, so the unsanctioned pro, uh, they, they crown their first champion tonight, and their second, and their third, So, um, which we'll talk about all that later on. But uh, so this championship, you know, I didn't really get a good look at it in person. However, I've seen pictures of it online, and it's fucking awesome. It's, it looks like a distressed, like, belt made out of, like, car parts and shit. It's fucking great. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And uh, so the idea behind this is kind of the old school... Uh, WWE 24-7 hardcore belt, right? Now, John, you are a big fan of WWE and have been for years and years, right? Yes. So tell me a little bit about some memories you have or, you know, anything that you remember from the hardcore title and and anything that you liked about that. Uh, I know the greatest hardcore champion of all time is Crash Holly. Okay. Um, I remember there was, like, a really big, uh, like, 13-minute... Uh, hardcore scramble match at WrestleMania one year, where at one point, like, Molly Holly... I know this was a different year, but Molly Holly at one point won the title, and she was running backstage, and I think Christian hit her with, like, uh, the top half of a door <laughs> for the pin. Um, wow. I remember, just remember, like, Big Show throwing Kane through glass... I have a lot of good memories with the hardcore title. It's fun, right? Yeah. You know, it's a fun thing in a, in a different kind of thing. Now, some other promotions recently have had 24-7 titles, and then they just have goofy uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that. We saw a lot with this title tonight. It all happened in the fucking ring, which I like. You know, I, I, I'm cool with it happening outside the ring, but I don't... I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of... I, I'm a fan of stories being told in the ring. I'm not a fan of stuff like... You know, oh, uh, 
you know, stuff happening off camera, fuck that, you know what I mean, so I, I really enjoy the fact that they, they did some stuff with this after this, in the ring, you know, it's really yeah. smart to do that, and uh, this has a lot of potential for some storytelling and fun stuff um, that we'll get into, but my god, we got a huge match to talk about here, tell me a little bit about who was in this match, and then we'll get into what the match was exactly. Uh, the first participant out, I believe, was Officer Dan O'Hare. Big scare, Dan O'Hare. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then you had Aria Azteca. Aria Azteca, yeah. Dale Patricks. Mm-hmm. Now, Dale Patricks is a guy who sounds like he's a race car driver, but he's a wrestler. Is that the guy that looked like a Dragon Ball Z character? No, he was the guy who came out that, uh, you know, because they all had different entrances, right? A couple guys uh-huh. had special entrances. Um, actually, Dale Patrick's was announced as um, as the guy, uh, why am I playing? Oh, Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. There you go. So. That was a fun entrance. I mean, it was a total ripoff of, Sand, or of the course, Sandman, yeah. so but it was great. He went down, homage, you know? He went around. Plus his cans, Portland fans' mouths. <laughs> it was great. Ari Azteca actually came over and got some beer, too. Yeah, he did. He was a lot of fun, man. He was flipping off uh, Dan O'Hare the whole time. Mm-hmm. Tell him to fuck off. It's great. I'm a cop. Yeah, he kept pointing his shirt. I'm a cop. Right here, it says cop on it. And it did. It said cop right on his shirt. It did. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so who came out after the Sandman? Uh, I believe it was Casanova Valentine. Yes. Now, okay, let's talk a little bit about this guy. You don't know who he is, right? Nope. No okay. idea. So he has recently gained some notoriety because he is a guy who does no ring death matches mm-hmm. in like a bar, basically. And so the way that he gets around it being an athletic thing, and like it's in New York, and so there's heavy duty athletic commission stuff in the in New York area. So what he does is instead of having it as an athletic thing, it's like an art artistic exhibition, right? <laughs> so um you know, doing that, he's that's why he screamed he's a pioneer. They called him a pioneer because of that. And recently, Vice, uh, the very popular uh, documentary website series and all that stuff, they did a little documentary on him, and it's tremendous. It, it kind of uh, it shows a match between him and G. Raver, and it's just fucking awesome. And they, it's great because it's like amongst the fans in a bar. And two guys are just killing each other. You know, it's awesome. So you want to check that out if yeah. you're not familiar with this guy. Um, he was super fucking over because I was I had no idea he was going to be here tonight. And I and I've just talked to Derek about all the people that were going to be here. It just didn't register that it was him for some reason. Um, you know, I'm really excited that I got to see him tonight. That's awesome. And, and towards the end of the night, we'll talk about the fact that he's probably going to return. Um, I thought he was really great, and it was good to see him. And, and like I said, that was a fun surprise. So, uh, who came out after him? Uh, Satu Jin. Yeah, Satu Jin. That's right. Um, he well, used to be, and I'm not sure if he still is, a member of the Bomb Shelter. Um, and uh, I've seen him. I met him for the first time at uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling probably like six or eight months ago. And uh, I was surprised to see him up here as well. And I was, you were surprised at how long he lasted in the match, too. I am. I, <laughs> predicted, he was, I predicted he was going to get eliminated first. <laughs> and quickly. Tell me about his uh, get-up. I've watched Dragon Ball Z as a child. And uh, he came out wearing like these big, poofy white pants and a little vest that only covered like his... Uh, man boobs mm-hmm. uh, and there was still some belly exposed 
and he had like little loaf, not loafers on. They were like, I don't know, like little padded they shoes. They were awesome. They were split toe shoes. Yeah. You know, like he's kung fu but dude. It reminded me of this character that I remember from Dragon Ball Z who was pink and had this like little antenna on his head. That's what I thought he was. Wow. But I wasn't. Well, I apologize if we have a little bit of road noise. We are actually driving through like the wimpiest rainstorm ever, but it's very windy, by yeah. the way. So it's like I'm getting blown all over the road here. But uh, anyway, so um, who else was in the match? Uh, we also had Mance Warner. Oh my God. Your boy. That's right. Tell me a little bit about Mance Warner's entrance and uh, how I got involved. Um, he just came out. I think he had a ladder. Well, you're missing something big, okay? So, uh, you know, he had, he normally comes out to Simple Man, and normally it's the acoustic version, but this time it was the real, legit, Leonard Skinner version. Oh. He lets it play for like a minute and a half, two minutes before he comes out. <laughs> so then he came out, he had a ladder, and then what happened? Uh, he had a nice American flag bandana on, he had a really sweet, shiny jacket, and I believe had a, like a bird on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he saw you. And he really perked up because the man, Andy, has a really sweet, shiny yellow jacket that looks very similar to his. He got super excited. Yeah, because, you know, uh, he knows that we have this, you know, and and, uh, he knows about that. In fact, one of these days, there's going to be a tag team, and it's going to be Mance Warner and Aaron Williams, the Satin Dragons. And because uh, they both have the satin dragon uh, uh, jacket as well, nice. <laughs> and uh, this is something that Mance Warner usually wears out. So I figured I'd wear it tonight. It's jacket weather, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I put it on, and I got a picture with them. It's pretty awesome. It's on the Facebook. So check that out yeah. at the Road Home FW or the Road Home from Wrestling on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. <laughs> so anyway, I gave him a hug and everything. It's good to see Mance Warner. He's one of those guys that I've seen a million times. And uh, last time he was at Rock or at Unsexy uh, Pro, he turned uh, heel on Dale Patrick's. But the only there was only one person in the whole audience that seemed to remember that, and it was one guy that kept getting in his face. And Mance Warner kept walking around and again right back in the dude's face again, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> there was one point where he got in the ring, like walked to the middle, walked to the other side, like over by us. And then did a loop around the other side by the entrance to get right back in the guy's face. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous wrestler, and uh, he is super over. So it's good to see Mance Warner again. And uh, tell me what else uh, What else happened or how else came out. <laughs> Still have two more people. Yep. <laughs> uh, we have Neil Diamond Cutter. That's right! Came out in a really sweet dazzle jacket. That's right. He actually came out last too. I just it took me a while to remember Jake Garvin's name, and so that's why he's last in the notes there. But uh, yeah, Neil Cutter came out uh, uh, last. But tell me about his entrance. He had a shopping cart full of toys. Uh, so the shopping cart had a trash can in it, which had crutches and cookie sheets and toy bats and Lego bats. And probably more stuff that I couldn't see. And he attempted to throw the trash can into the ring. It missed. Everything dumped out. So he tossed it back in. And then uh, he went to get the shopping cart in the ring. But it wasn't wasn't tall enough to get it there. Yeah, he kind of hung it on the ropes. You know, yeah. it just stayed there. And uh, Neil Cutter, okay, um, he's a guy who 
I've interacted with quite a bit on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff like that. I think just Facebook. Um, you know, usually on Monday nights, uh, not anymore, but I used to do uh, interviews on Monday nights, and he would always crash my interviews and say hilarious shit. So I appreciate that. Um, and uh, I had no idea of his stature until pretty much tonight. I heard that he wasn't a big dude, but I didn't know he was that little of a dude. Yeah. Also, he was uh, scheduled to appear. However, then he had canceled, or there was an issue, and so he was surprised to me, because I had heard that he wasn't going to be there, so, <laughs> so it was good to see him, and, uh, you know, he was fucking tremendous in this match, and then the final entrant was Jake Garvin, right? Yep. And he's got this big, like, eagle tattoo on his chest, and he's, oh, a, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. a mean dude, but him and Satu, they seemed like they were teamed up, Damn. you know? They were friends, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Real friends. Amazing. Well, so, um, you know, John, you don't have a ton of experience watching matches like this, right? Where it's just complete insanity and guys are just killing each other with weapons right and left, yeah. getting in the in the crowd and all that kind of stuff. What did you think of the madness that went on during this match? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was nervous because I had to stay on guard to make sure that I didn't get attacked or hit because there's no guardrails. Yeah, it's good. Uh so it just really makes you have to pay attention a lot more, which is a good thing. That's true. Especially when you're at a wrestling show. I thought they paved 71. Good Lord. Sorry, we're in this one lane. It's so bumpy. Get out of here. Anyway, um, yeah, and, and, you know, as much as hardcore that, you know, as hardcore as that right lane is there at 71, uh, 71 going south, this match was way more hardcore, and good Lord, um, I mean, it's hard to do, like, play-by-play on a match like this where it's just everyone killing each other. Yeah, you know, insanity. Um, but that's pretty much what it was, right? It was just guys just kill- killing each other right now. You know, we got to... Hey, let's let's try something here. Hang on a second. All right. So we got a call into the Road Home From Wrestling podcast. It is Sean P. What's up, buddy? Yo, what's up, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Did you have fun tonight? Oh, man, tonight was amazing, bro. Like, it was such a blast. I had an awesome time. Every match was incredible. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, why don't you hold on to that, John? So, um, we're trying to put a little closer to the recording device there. Well, tell me, um, you know, we're just getting into this super-duper hardcore match that happened with, like, you know, all eight guys, the elimination match. I believe you were the referee of that one, right? Yeah, correct. I was, yep, yep, yep. What'd you think? Uh, <laughs> I bet I didn't get killed, I'll put it that way. Uh, and I got a nice little workout out of it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was madness. It was all over the place. Now, this was your first time at Unsanctioned Pro. Um, I gotta tell you, the first show was nothing, I mean, it's not like it was nothing like this, but this was spectacular. I mean, they, they really knocked it out of the park. What do you think about your first, uh, first kind of experience at this place? Oh, man, it was, uh, I can't wait to come back, let's put it that way. Uh, it was amazing. It was one of the uh, best shows I've ever been on, Real Talk. Um, and, and the card that Mikey had put, I mean, Mikey, my bad, uh, the card that Derek had put together, oh, man, that was, that was some good stuff. Really good stuff. Outstanding. Uh, yeah, I, I was really, really entertained by, uh, by the Lucha match, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, Myron and Kobe, which I knew was going to be really good. Um, 
up, man? <laughs> uh, we actually were, were talking about different matches on the card on the way up there, and uh, I told him, I said, yo, Sleeper Match is definitely uh, Young Dunk and Broke and, uh, young, and, and uh, Awesome Odyssey. Like, that, that was, was going to be Sleeper, and I called it beforehand, and they knocked it up hard, man. It was a, a fun match. No doubt about it. I mean, I was surprised. We talked about it a little bit, but I was very surprised because, you know, I haven't seen a ton out of those guys. And, and it's crazy what happens when you take the handcuffs off of you, these young guys that know know what the fuck they're doing, you know? Exactly, yeah, what you said. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, you know, awesome Odyssey, man, they, they're, they're dating kids, so they've, you know, they learned from the best, you know what I mean? So That's right. They know what they're doing. So they they were the All right, brother. Well, you're breaking up a little bit, um, and we got to finish this podcast. So I'm gonna hit you up after the show, okay, buddy? Uh, the reason I called you, um, what's a good place to eat in this area? Oh, shit. What do, have, what do we have to eat if we're in Ohio? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm not from Columbus. I'm from Cincinnati, man. I know, but I mean, what, like, Ohio's Ohio, right? I mean... Like, do you have a burger? Do you have a jack in the box? Like, any of that? No, we don't have... I mean, there's Skyline, you know, that's that's kind of our signature shit or whatever. Uh, we got, we got better, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> we don't have anything cool except good wrestling in, in Columbus, I guess, now. So that's all we got. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, guys. Well, good talking to you all, man. I appreciate you guys. Good awesome, you. man. Thanks for calling in. See you later. Yeah, later. All right. Well, there you guys have it. That's that's bizarre. But uh, had a little call in there from uh, Sean P., the referee. Always great to talk to him. He's a hell of a guy. And hopefully that sounds good. And if it doesn't, we'll have to take it out. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, all right, so where were we, John? Tell me, tell me where we were. At. We were in the hardcore match. We yes, were just kind of yes. going over that. Right. Um. So, of all the people you saw in this match, who were you most impressed with, and who kind of stuck out to you? I mean, I guess Neil Diamond Cutter kind of stuck out to me, just because a lot of the action that he was in was directly in front of us, uh, with Satu and I believe the uh, Jake. Jake. Jake Garvin. Yeah, uh-huh. those two were kind of teaming up on Neil Diamond Cutter in front of us the entire time. So I was obviously paying attention to them a lot more mm-hmm. than some of the other people. Um, so I think that guy, the little guy. He, his selling was hilarious, too, by the way, right? Yeah. So he would get knocked out and then do fucking like five steps of funny jokes before he finally fell down, which was pretty fun, you know? And, and that's the thing is that a lot of people don't realize, they think deathmatch wrestling and hardcore wrestling is all serious. You know, there was so much fun stuff going on in this, right? Yeah. I mean, At one point, uh, they put a trash can over Diamond, and then they started beating him with the toy bats. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. That's kind of hurt, though, by the way. Good <laughs> lord, my god. Yeah, I get that they're plastic bats, but I feel like the whomping they were doing. Yeah, I would have to cover my ears. That would be so loud in there. Yeah. Lord. Uh, I think there was one spot where the officer, Dan O'Hare, mm. got, uh, like, thrown into the ladder, mm. like, uh, like a German suplex, kind of. They did, like, a back body drop, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah back yeah, body yeah. drop onto um, him on the ladder. 
you know, that looked really br- brutal. Neil Diamond Cutter got tossed in the ladder by Dan H- O'Hare. Uh, he powerbombed him and he threw him right into the corner of the fucking ladder. Yeah. Come on. That's ridiculous. That guy's a jerk, man. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't have her best interests at heart. Like, he isn't there to protect and serve. He's just there to be a jerk. You know? Yeah. So, I don't get it. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, I did want to mention, and I got thrown off because of Sean calling, is that the amount of time that we talked about the entrances was probably equal to the amount of time the entrances took. Yeah. Don't you think? Because, I mean, it was like 10, 8 or 10 minutes of entrances, which hopefully yeah. we didn't talk that long about it, but we probably did. And, uh, you know, it was pretty fun because it built up the match quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, really paid off because the match was awesome. You know, it yeah. was so much fun. Um, who was the Sandman guy? Was that Dale Patrick's? Correct. Yes, he beat the shit out of everybody with his kendo stick. I know, man. I think the kendo stick was, uh, stick was like splintering because <laughs> he was beating people so bad with it. Yeah, pieces of it went everywhere. Good lord. Um, so I did not write down the uh, the uh, order of elimination because we kind I couldn't really have my phone out to type because I was scared it would get broken or like I would get suplexed on it and someone yeah. you know break it thrown on the ground and suplex me on it so um, you know it, it's one of those things where you never know and uh, I didn't get the order of elimination but we did get the winner I know it it, it was down to deal uh, uh, Neil Diamond Cutter sorry uh-huh. and uh, also Satu Jin right yep. And uh, that was surprising for you. You were surprised. Yeah, the guy who I thought was going to go out first was the guy that went out last. I thought Mance Warner or Dale Patrick should win this match. That's who I thought. But, um, yeah, I was way off. And uh, tell me, how did uh, the end, the finish happen? Uh, is this where they... Uh, so, Neil Diamond Cutter set up uh, a quote-unquote table. There's a door on, on some, ta- on some uh, chairs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A door on some chairs. Um, and Satu put him on the top rope and was getting ready to, I guess kind of like, he was going like, to suplex him through it, mm-hmm. but then uh, Cutter jumped over him. We thought he was going to like hit a sunset powerbomb, but instead he just kind of like leaped over and then just powerbombed him. That's right. Threw it. <laughs> and then he hit a huge splash off the top rope and got the pin. Yeah. Unbelievable. So Neil Diamond Cutter, the inaugural, unsanctioned pro, hardcore, 24-7 champion. Unbelievable. That was so much fun. Um, Ooh, there I loved was it. there was one spot I really liked uh-huh. where uh, Satu power bombed Cutter into a trash can. Yes, and Cutter was literally stuck in the trash can. He couldn't pin him. Yeah, because he was like his shoulders were bent up into the trash can. <laughs> and they had to like force him out. That was fun. Um, yeah, so that was crazy, right? Yeah. It was really fun. A lot of fun. Hard to talk about everybody and get everybody's shit in, but I thought everybody did a tremendous job in this match, and uh, I loved everybody. Everybody did a great job. You know, it was awesome. So, uh, we got to move on. What was the next match? It was your favorite part of the show. Oh, we had single intermission! And during single intermission, we talked to all kinds of people, didn't we? Yeah. You know, we had Christina in the house and her guy, Will. Always good to see them. Fucking Jamie Coy and his buddy, buddy Andy. Uh, TJ was sitting next to us. Uh, we had, uh, let's see here, we talked to Sean, obviously, who came up. Space Monkey. I talked to Matthew Justice, I think. Jeez, um, who else did we talk to? I talked to the bartender. Oh, you talked to the bartender? <laughs> um, uh, Crystal from Coffee and Kick Pads was in the house as well. Yeah. She took that awesome picture of me and Mance Warner. Um, you know, gosh, we got to talk to everybody. It was great. Yeah. 
there's I, uh, some Rockstar Pro people sitting next to us. No idea what their yeah, names were. Uh, yeah, that's TJ. Uh, other guy doesn't really go to Rockstar Pro. Oh, he just okay. is a knowledgeable fan. So uh, gotcha. I think his name's Jason. I'm not sure. Um, also, a listener came up and talked to me, and yeah. I, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't remember what your name was exactly. Uh, hit me up on Messenger and ridicule me, or do it publicly. Publicly, that's fine too. But uh, it's always nice to meet listeners uh, who I've not met before. So always come up and say. Hi to me in shows if you see me. I'm always going to be a nice guy. Um, you know, it's great to meet listeners. So thank you so much for listening, buddy. And uh, let's see here. Uh, that was Sigurd of Yep. And that would happen then. We went into our next match, which was Lil Nips, Scotty Young, versus the destroyer of everything, Terrell Kenneth. That's right, man. Wow. So, uh... Uh, Terrell Kenneth is a giant black man, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and Scotty Young is a is a little jerk with tiny nipples, little nips. He's such a fucking asshole. You know, I don't like Scotty Young. I, I hope he stubs his toe. And it, you know, wow, he's an asshole. So that's me, man. You know, last on the last episode, I said that, and uh, and I, I believe the follow up joke is that he would stub stub his nipple. But he would need like, like laser precision yeah, to, to stub his nipple. Thing. Yeah, I mean it's impossible. So um, I I don't know for a fact, but this was a lot of fun because uh, Terrell or Terrell, I don't know if it's I think it's Terrell. When he came out, and you know he he kind of we didn't know what side he was on. We didn't know if he was good or bad, right? Once Scotty Young came out, we all knew instantly because fuck yeah. Scotty Young. And Scotty Young didn't want to take his robe off because everyone's immediately yelling small nipples at him and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like baby nips, small nips, <laughs> little nips, all the nip jokes. Just nipples, nipples, I think. This yeah. Is so great. And the whole first half of this match was just nipple shenanigans. Yeah. And I, I, like, as a wrestler, if you're Terrell and you come out and you hear this, you're like, I am leaning the fuck into this as like as much as I can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one, what he did. At one point during the match, he like put his hand over his mouth and started the nipple chant. Yes, right. Like, he was like, oh, oh, oh. and they looked at him like, "What? Why well, didn't start that?" <laughs> that was great. Oh man, this was a lot of fun. Um, Scotty Young is a tremendous heel. That's why I say I fucking hate him. He doesn't even do cool moves. You know, he just like kicks and stuff, and that's all he does. You know, he does heel tactics of just being a big old egomaniac jerk. That's right. And uh, he's not all ego, though. That's no, another guy. Just so, an egomaniac. Uh, but uh, his... So I think uh, I think that uh, Terrell's finishing move is a punch or something. It, it, or at least it seemed like that he was like, I'm going to knock you out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Scotty Young was like, oh yeah, well I'm going to work your hand. And that's what he did. Is he started working the hand. Yeah, because at one point TK went to punch Scotty on the outside but hit the turnbuckle because they just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Or the ring posts, I should ring say. Ring posts, they just come out of nowhere. And they outnumber everybody. Game there's, mentality. There's four of them. Got to watch out for those guys. Uh-huh. Uh, so he punches it, and then Scotty immediately starts, like, doing the Pete Dunn, where he just grabs the fingers and yanks them apart to see how fast he can break them. Yeah. He, he actually put Terrell's hand in the turnbuckle. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, and then he went up and started stomping on it. I thought it because was because he wanted to tighten the bottom rope because it was a little <laughs> loose. Uh, but it wasn't. It was because he was trying to hurt him. Yeah, well, turns out that he's a jerk. 
And, uh, you know, that was kind of the story of the match, was him just stomping on hands, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling it's Terrell's coming back. just seems that that seems to be the way, just because of the way the finish happened here. Uh, like I said, half the match was nipple stuff. The other half was uh, Scotty working the hand um, and uh, Terrell trying to fire up to come back. Yep. Uh, eventually, Scotty did hit some cool moves. He hit a blockbuster and shit like that, right? Top rope blockbuster. Yeah. But uh, what was the finish of the match? Uh, the finish was TK went for a, a pin. Uh, he got a two count. And then TK started arguing with the ref. Mm. Got into his face. Max Recon, yeah. Yeah, got into Max Recon's face in the turnbuckle. Scotty rolled him up, right? Yeah, kind of. Um, he pushed Max, I think, and Max kind of went to the side. That's when Scotty rolled him up, and Max immediately turned around and happily counted the three, right? Yeah. It wasn't a fast count. No, but he... But it was a fair it three was, count. He was like, yeah, he was satisfied. Yeah. Um, at which point, he stood up and uh, kind of got in, uh, in um, you know, Terrell's whatever there. Yeah, Terrell got in his face a little bit. He uh, pushed Max Recon down, and then we had some fun stuff, right? Yeah. Three just security guards out of nowhere came into the ring. Didn't even know we had security guards tonight. That's right. Because they weren't blocking anything during that hardcore match because well, I got hit. They showed up a little later. Yeah. <laughs> so they come stumbling into the ring. Um, two scrawny guys, one bald guy. Uh, he pushes the two scrawny guys out of the way and then takes up. He punched them both. He knocked them the fuck out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, and then he picked up a guy that we know, we the know. Winter Soldier, Adam Slade, is in the ring. I thought he was going to take him out. I thought all of a sudden he was going to start hitting moves. Pizza was going to jump in the ring, and they were going to win the tag titles. But there aren't any tag titles. So, um, but uh, what happened? To, what happened to fucking the Winter Soldier? Picks him up by the throat, slams him down. Not a choke slam. It was like a double handed choke slam, right? Yeah, man. I mean, he, he spine bustered him, I yeah. think, you know? Uh, poor Adam Slade. He was you down. Know, he was out cold, and uh, we never saw him again for Well, we did, actually. We saw him later, but um, I think. Or no, we saw him during that hard, the, the eight way match. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was chastised. But he was just, like, sitting in a chair, so I didn't know he was security. I was ripping him because I was like, what the fuck are you doing just hanging out, you know? Right. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I think what the problem is, right, is that Adam Slade would have bounced right back up had he shaved his head recently, but it's starting to grow back a little bit, and I don't like it. You know, um, if you're going to be a bald dude, it's a bald dude for life. That's all I'm saying, so... Yeah. You know, let's fucking do that. If you need a razor, just let me know. I'll send you one. That's right. Anyway, well, uh, so, you know, the reason I said that I think Terrell's coming back is he, it was important that he got his heat back after the loss. Yeah. You know, and it's great to keep Scotty Young a sneaky, shitty heel because he's really good at that. So, uh, yeah. that was tremendous. And later on, he's walking around like, Ooh, I'm just a guy and no big deal, you know, Sure, and I, I I didn't know it was him because I couldn't see the baby nips. Is that what it was? You didn't recognize him with, with yeah. the shirt on? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. The nips are the indicator of who people are. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Wow, it's like a tail on dogs. It tells yeah. you how people are. Look into a man's nips and you'll know who they are. <laughs> the, the eyes are the window into the soul. The nips are the window into uh, something else. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what was the next match? The next match was a fatal four-way under non-traditional rules. We'll get to that later. Yeah. It was Trey Lamar mm-hmm. versus Ringo Loco oh, versus Golden Dragon versus Ban... Bandolero. Bandolero. My God. Okay, so 
this is when Jamie Coy started freaking out and like he just he turned into a little kid and he didn't stop being a little kid yeah. until the end of the show. So um, his arms became uncrossed and yeah. he stood up and it was crazy. This match was excellent. What you think of this? this? Is this the first time you ever seen like an insane like lucha match like this? Yeah, because most of the places I go, there's not too much like lucha style wrestling. <laughs> so this is the first time I've seen one like up close and personal, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> so let's describe these guys. Uh, we have Trey Lamar, who's a black gentleman who has uh, a really got, nice hair. He's got some sweet hair. I'm super jealous. Uh, but uh, and he's an AIW guy, and he's a uh, product of their school. So, okay. uh, and he's real young, uh, but he's coming on strong, and he's a guy that we're going to see at Paradigm on Friday again, I believe, as well. Um, then we also have uh, Bandolero. He, uh, they kept, Puerto Rican. Yeah, they kept you on Puerto Rico at him or whatever, because yeah. it was, he was, like, wearing a Puerto Rican flag, like, type yeah. of... Uh, he had a lot of stars on his hands. Yeah, and that fucking uh, robe he had was tremendous, yeah. right? His cape was really nice. Um... Uh, Golden Dragon came out wearing a Wrestling with Unicorns uh, shirt. Shout out to Martin. Uh-huh. You know, and good he stuff is from, there. He is from Japan. That's right. Uh, and, uh, and he had a mask on, right? And then yep. we had Ringo Loco, who looks like some dude that you went to high school with or something like that. And he's fucking amazing. It's so weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I told you that. And then he got in the ring and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then he just did like a handstand flip, right? Yeah. And you were like, okay, I see what's I going on like here. I looked at you with my mouth open like, what's going on? What did that it's, guy just do? It's amazing. Um, and we didn't even get to see all of his shit. I mean, he did like a quarter of what he's capable of in this match, which is unbelievable. That but, just means I need to see him again. Oh, yeah, totally, man. He's got to come back. Ringo Loco is so good. So, and also, uh, not only that, but um, this match to me was a veteran like him stepping back and doing everything he can to make the younger guys shine, yeah. you know, uh, because this was all about the other three guys shining, uh-huh. especially Bandolero. Yeah. Holy shit. So um, I did not take notes on this match as far as ma- uh, uh, moves go, really, because good yeah. lord, how could I? Um, right. You know, it started off with a big old, like, exchange of just lucha arm drags and, and kicks and all kinds of stuff like that that ended with everybody kind of squaring off like, uh uh-huh. You know, like, like, oh my god, you know, with the, just pausing for applause, basically, right? Which yeah. is a typical thing. Um, now, I, there's a couple huge spots we can talk about that I'm sure you remember, but do you remember anything else? Um, there was a lot of bouncing off the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like, with, uh, there was one spot where, I want to say it was Golden Dragon and Trey Lamar. They were up on, I think it was the second rope over in the corner by us. And then Golden Dragon starts, like, doing some crazy footwork where he's bouncing off like the second rope to the top rope back to the second rope and like hits some move some crazy arm drag or and something. I'm like yeah. what is this <laughs> that's just a lot of fun um, there was also a lot of like like standard moves that, that they incorporated the, the ropes with like for example there was like one of these kind of wrist lock escape moves where you flip over but instead of that they like flipped the guy over, he hit the top rope, bounced back, then arm dragged two dudes at the same time, like yeah. that kind of stuff, um, which is just tremendous. But um, there was one spot in particular that the crowd just fucking lost their mind for, and yeah. that involved all four guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had uh, Bandolero on the top rope, um, and, and he was about to do some move, and everybody else was kind of standing in front of him. 
So yeah. he ran along the shoulders of two guys and then like and then hit another guy with a hurricane at the end, right? Yeah, he ran across Probably Trey well. and then Golden and then hit uh, Gringo. Uh-huh. The Hurricane Rada. Uh, one of Gringo, well, Gringo Loco, his nickname is Base God. Are you familiar with what a bass is in lucha wrestling? No, that makes me think of a guitar. Um, well, it's B A S E. So okay. basically, in, in lucha wrestling, typically you have a bigger guy and a smaller guy, right? Yeah. So, like, say Eddie Guerrero versus, um, you know, Rey Mysterio, right? So, in that match, Eddie Guerrero is going to be the base for for Rey Mysterio to do all the slippy shit, right? Okay. And so, you know, um, so it's a great thing that, you know, a lot of people don't really think about, but in lucha wrestling, being a tremendous base is not something that people are really known for. But he's done that. He's become, like, taken that and made, made that his shit. You know what I mean? And he does all kinds of flippy stuff, but at the same time, he is a great base for others to do flippy stuff, and then he will turn that into his own flippy stuff, if that makes any sense, which is amazing. And we saw tons of that tonight. Um, (coughs) There was a crazy spot, too, where they had a guy, Trey Lamar, was sitting seated in the corner, kind of, you know, a little bit daisy, which is a, you know, combination between dizzy and dazed. And uh, and then we had, uh, I believe, Bandolero get hung in the Tree of Woe over top of him. And then uh, Gringo Loco sent uh, Golden Dragon right into the corner in, like, a cannonball. And then he hit something in the corner, too, right after that. Yeah. Awesome. And that's because Gringo and Golden were friends. That's How did we know they were friends? Because Gringo kept saying, friends, friends, <laughs> we're friends, we're friends, Let's right? Let's be friends. <laughs> that was so fun. And he's Japanese, so he probably doesn't understand what you're saying anyways. Well, but luckily, the uh, the language of wrestling is a universal language. So yes. uh, they, friends. Yeah, they were friends, and they worked together for a long time until... Later on, you know, I mean, they started just beating each other up, so, um, and one thing I love about Lucha Wrestling is there's not a lot of strikes in it, and today, so many of our, uh, wrestling shows that we see are just so strike-heavy that, you know, and I love, I mean, Aaron Williams is one of my favorite wrestlers, so, and he's Mr. Strikes, you know, he's the king of strikers, and so, I get it, it's just, you know, I love to see matches where, I love to see something different, and that was a big part of the show, um, you know, you guys have maybe heard me say this before, but there's this Kevin Sullivan quote that I just love, and <clears throat> I pardon me, I screamed a lot tonight, and that is that um, that wrestling shows should be like the circus. You should have the strong men, you should have the freaks, you should have the trapeze artists, you should have all these things, right? And so, Unsanctioned Pro accomplished that tonight, and this was the trapeze oh, artist, you know, so... Sure. Um, <coughs> anyway, so tell me anything else you remember about it, and then we'll get to the finish. Uh, there was a cool spot where uh, I think Golden Dragon was on the outside. Gringo Loco tried to suplex, I believe, uh, Bandelero. Bandolero. Bandolero. I am terrible with these names. Though. Yeah, you aren't good. Uh, <laughs> he goes to suplex Bandolero out of the ring, but then uh, Ban grabs onto the rope and kind of kicks off of Golden Dragon. Comes back in to do a really sweet arm drag on Bringo Loco. Awesome! I'm like, what? What are we seeing right here? This is amazing. That's exactly what I was talking about with Bringo Loco. You know, being the facilitator for this shit. You know, yeah. that's like his. That's his shit, man. It's unbelievable. 
Um, gosh, he's so good. I, I just just absolutely love him. Um, and then there was a part in the match where it looked like Trey uh, had hurt his leg, and he started limping a little bit. Um, but even if he like did hurt himself, he continued the match. He continued to put on a hell of a show. At one point, he starts running on it and dives out of the ring onto all three guys. I'm like, wait, this guy was literally just limping. <laughs> and that's when we had Bandolero hit a top rope moonsault to the floor as well. Yeah. I mean, there was like, and every lucha move that you can think of and all the ones you can't were all in this match, you know? Yeah. Unbelievable, man. This was so good. This had the crowd on their feet in the middle of the match, too. Yeah. You know, which is not easy because... One thing we didn't discuss is that this crowd is different than any other crowd that we go and see shows at, all right? This is a smarky mark crowd with a bunch of sarcastic fuckers that are, like, saying, you know, that are pretty much like us, you know, saying shit like that. baby nips. Yeah, baby nips, you know. And everyone is trying to pop each other and stuff like that. So, in a crowd like that, that's a tough crowd because that kind of crowd is going to be hard to impress. And these people were standing up on their feet in the middle of this match. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. Unreal, man. It was phenomenal. <coughs> All right, so tell me how it finished. Uh, it finished with uh, Gringo Loco kind of rolls, he rolls up Bandolero. It's just a really kind of wonky, like, roll-up pin. Some crazy lucha roll-up thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and gets the one, two, three. But everyone was really confused because we weren't expecting the roll-up or the three-count. And Bandolero wasn't expecting it either. I think he just kept saying, Dos? <laughs> I think another problem with this uh, this little finish is that um, everyone was screaming so loud that we couldn't hear the bell. So yeah. if the, I didn't know if the bell rang or not because I couldn't hear it, you know? But that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, you know, but I, I, I thought it was clear that uh, Gringo Loco won the match. It just, it just for a brief moment, it seemed like, is this elimination? Because, like, the crowd just didn't get it, you know, for some yeah. reason. So, I um, think it's because we just wanted more. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That could have gone another five, ten minutes and everyone would have been... I mean, if I had money, I would have thrown it in the fucking ring. You know what I mean? That was tremendous stuff. Yeah. So, and again, like I said, you didn't even get to see... You know, Gringo Loco do some of his shit where he'll he'll just shoot a guy in the corner, he'll jump over him, do the fucking spiral tap, and then do like eight flips in a row, and it's like, what? Oh my god! You know, the guy's insane. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. So, I'm really glad you got to see that, man. And I had heard, somebody said, Jamie Coy, spreading rumors, he said that Gringo Loco wasn't there. And I was like, are you shitting me? I was so disappointed. And, uh, you know, it turns out he was. So I think what should happen from now on is everyone should just lie to me and tell me all my favorite guys just aren't going to be there. And then when they come out, I'll be like, oh, my God, he's here, you know? You'll be so surprised. <laughs> and they're going to be like, Who the hell, who's on the show then? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, man. Just, right. so, well, I guess I'll just have fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean hang out. you know, anyway, well, that was awesome, man. What a great night. And uh, after that, uh, we had uh, our third match in between the Intermittent and uh, this was another uh, another good one, man. Yeah, this Holy was ball. this was Arrow Boy mm-hmm. versus Eric Ryan. Arrow Boy, he's just a boy. He's not even a man, you know. And uh, Arrow Boy's a guy that uh, I've seen quite a bit. 
and I love when he is in the area because hopefully I can see him more than once. Um, him and uh, Ace Perry just destroyed the ring out at uh, uh, Wrestling Theology last night, and uh, yeah, you know you're gonna get some good shit when Arab Boy's in the house. Uh, he is also a uh, loco. He is insane, you know, and yeah. uh, he does not care about um, his body. He just cares about entertaining the crowd. <clears throat> and uh, I have an interesting relationship with him because I always boo him. You know, and uh, he thinks it's funny now. So, you know, he used to, like, it's like how it came out is, like, originally at Rockstar Pro, he was in a tournament or something like that, and he beat uh, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was one of my favorite wrestlers at the time, so I booed him, and he flipped me off. And I was like, well, fuck you then, you know? So ever since then, I like to boo him, even though he's he's awesome, and I, I love watching him wrestle. His opponent, Air Crying, fellow bald dude, Yep. Also, a gentleman who does not care about uh, his body. He only cares about entertaining the crowd and putting on great matches. I will often tell the story about Hell on Earth when I saw him uh, take... Uh, he got pounced by T-Money. You know T-Money. Yep. Uh, he got pounced by T-Money down a bunch of bleachers. And just... <laughs> just it, it sounds as bad... Or it was as bad as it sounds. It was ridiculous. Oh. And he finished the match, you know? And the, <laughs> the guy is insane, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite matches of all time at Rockstar Pro is Dave Christ versus Eric Ryan in a casket match. Both of them were pissing blood out of their foreheads. I mean, it's amazing shit. Um, and, uh, anyway, so this was also very good. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think these guys did having to follow what they had to follow? Um, I mean, they were entertaining, but... I had a real high from that last match. Okay. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think it lasted long enough for them to really kick it into high gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite match of the night. If they had switched the order of these two, if we had seen Arrow Boy versus Eric Grime first, yeah, would you like that better? I think so. Okay. Just mainly because then we would have gone into Intermortal with uh, on that high, and yeah. then, you know maybe a little space in between there. So anyway, well, I'm um, always interested to hear what you think about stuff like that because uh, I love this, and I thought they did a great job. I mean, to me, I didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't have the it didn't have the insane pace that other match did. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is not you can't do that. This was a real like actual like singles match like you know not main event style but like middle card style and uh, these guys fucking just knocked it out of the park in my opinion I I love um, the mixture of styles between these two guys you know where Eric Ryan has these kind of high impact like you know somewhat power moves and you know he likes to like towards the beginning he tried to hit a, a, a top rope leg drop it yeah. just like crashed right in the middle of the ring. It was like that was not a good idea, you know. So. Yeah, he landed on his butt real hard. He also did a great move that I don't know if you've seen before, where he uh, we've seen Devin Moore do this move quite a bit, where he takes a chair because he came out with two chairs, right? Yep. And he kind of wraps it around his opponent and then does a body slam with it. Yeah, that move was sweet. Pretty cool, man. Um, Arrow Boy was slamming Eric Ryan on a chair, right and left. Um, tell me about the spot where the, t- the chair got destroyed. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, so, I want to say that Ryan had Arrowboy on the top rope and was uh, trying to do something off of it. Mm-hmm. And Arrowboy reversed it 
and slammed him through it, and the chair just caved in on itself. <laughs> and, like, I'm pretty sure a leg broke off of it. <laughs> it did. And so, like, Ryan's, like, trying to, like, push the fragments of metal away from him so he doesn't get cut from it. <laughs> Even though I don't think he would have been afraid if he did get cut because his back was just covered in scars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got a lot of those at the last unsanctioned pro show uh, with the Lego death match with Marcus Crane. Yeah, unreal, man. Uh, they had this door covered in Legos, and, like, he hit it, but he kind of glanced off it and slid down, and it just scraped his back like you wouldn't believe, man. <clears throat> but this didn't have anything like that in it, but it did have a bunch of chair spots. Also, uh, you know, towards the beginning of the match, Arrowboy went for a dive and just basically just went right on the concrete and yeah. just got right back up, like, see, you know, like, You're right. crazy, man. Like, and, he just landed straight on the concrete. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, you know, we had a lot of fun stuff. Arrowboy hitting all kinds of stuff. You know, in uh, in uh, I also really enjoyed Eric Ryan wrestling. You know, because I didn't know what we were going to get in this match. I thought we would get, you know, either hardcore or like wrestling style, and uh, we got both. We got kind of everything in this match, which yeah. I thought was really good. And the way they put the match together was really smart. You know, I, I like that. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so. We gotta get through this though. Uh, who won the match and how they win? Uh, Eric Ryan picked up the victory with a tiger driver. Yeah. What do you think of the tiger driver? You like that move? I like it. It's real pretty. It is. It's it awesome, looks dangerous, man. but it looks real pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's it's one of those moves too that a couple years ago, pretty much nobody did except for him. You know, I think Ron Mathis does it, and that's about it. Like nobody on the Indies did a tiger driver. Now it's a little more popular. Um, you know, but I, I fucking love that move, so it's great. Yeah. And uh, Arrowboy didn't believe it. He kept getting in, uh, I believe it was Max Recon's face, and dos, dos. He was like, two, two, you know? But no, it turns out it was three. They both got standing ovation. Uh, You know, there was respect, respect, respect after the match, right? Yep. And that led us into anything? Double intermission! Yep. And during double intermission! I think this is when I talked to... uh, Talk to... The boss. Oh yeah, yeah. So I went to talk to um, Derek just to say hi, and then some shenanigans broke out um, because they announced uh, Neil Cutter was in the ring to take pictures with fans, right? Uh huh. Yeah, he was sitting on a trash can. Uh huh. Like he was grim- or not grimace. He was like Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> just hanging out in the middle of the ring on a trash. You know, can. he's so grouchy because he fucking lives in a trash can. Yeah, I would be grouchy too. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, I went to the bathroom, and oh. as I was in the bathroom, I heard some like somebody get on the mic, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I still got to pee. Okay. So but what? What I happened? Have to get the play by play. Yeah. So what happened was is that uh, Neil Cutter was sitting out there with his twenty four seven championship, and young Marcus Crane came out um, and hit him with a chair, and uh, and basically uh, you know body slammed him into the uh, maybe it's a pile driver into the garbage can and he defeated Neil Cutter for the championship so the, the championship uh, changed hands during double intermission it's pretty cool yeah it serves me for going to the bathroom I know that's interesting I can never go to the bathroom again just during the rest of the show just hold it you know yeah. uh, or just wet yourself wear a diaper I'm just going to start peeing in the bottles that I drink the beer out of it's fine just don't break them you know so uh, yeah don't break them on the floor <laughs> 
Well, that was awesome. And uh, poor Neil Cutter, he looked very upset about this the rest of the night, didn't he? Yeah, I would be too. You were the champion. You were the first champion. He, and at that time, he was the longest reigning as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, which remember when, when Finn Balor won the title, the Universal title, and they kept saying that it was the longest reigning or something like that? It was like 23 hours. Like, yeah, it was like 23 hours. Like, fuck you. Anyway, well, poor poor Neil Cutter. That's, that's the deal. So, uh, anyway. You'll always be the inaugural champion to me. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that was double 100%. So what happened after that, man? After that, we had a relaxed rules tag team match. Mm-hmm. And it was the Rejects, John Wayne Burdock and Reed Bentley versus Devin and Mason Cutter, the Hooligans. That's right. So let's describe these folks. Um, you know, obviously the Rejects, they just look like tough motherfuckers. You yeah, know, they, they, just, they are the ones that start the mosh pit yeah. at a Slayer concert. <laughs> you know, uh, Reed Bentley's nick- nickname is Bye God! Reed Re- Bentley. So, uh, you know, and he does that to people. And, uh, you know, then the hooligans. Tell me about the hooligans. They uh, are backwood rednecks that come out in overalls and no shoes. They got real dirty-ass feet. Like, they don't know how to bend down and wash them in the shower. Mm-hmm. They even have showers. I don't know. They just look real redneck. You know, um, there is no faster creature on the earth than a, a shoeless redneck. If you put shoes on them, it slows them way down, you know? Yeah, so, uh, I've seen wrong turn. Those rednecks sure oh, know how to run after no people. Kidding. I don't um, you know, uh, but, uh, so these guys know what they're doing, and, uh, we have a lot of experience seeing the, all of these guys quite a bit, I mean, at least myself and other hosts of the Road Home from Wrestling Podcast, we've seen these guys all over the place, uh, Rockstar Pro, you know, uh, IWA Mid-South, Paradigm Wrestling, all over the place, and it's great to see the hooligans because they're great. Now, this was a match where you are afraid that you're gonna get killed, as an audience member, because these guys like yeah. to fight in the crowd, right? Yeah. And that's pretty much the whole fucking match, was them fighting in the crowd. Yeah. But I do want to talk about one spot that you were like, what? When, um, you know, the uh, the hooligans have this spot that they do where basically they have a prone opponent, and uh, one of them will grab the other one's foot, and then he does a bunch of flips in the air and then lands on it. What do you think of that? Is that the point where I was, like, eating my fries? And just, like, looked at you with my mouth agape. Like, Probably. Yeah, what? a bunch of fries just fell out of your mouth and went on the floor. It was gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't expect these bigger dudes to be doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Um, they're like bowling balls with sticks coming out of them, the, you know, the hooligans. And, and yeah. uh, they are tremendous wrestlers. And they're also guys that can kind of do it all as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got their kind of double chop, chop punch thing in the corner. Uh, we got all their shit, and then we went in the crowd and we got all the reject shit in, which was just fighting and punching and kicking and hitting each other with stuff, and at a certain point, a bottle got broken, and I don't know how it got broken, I didn't see it, uh, we just heard it, and yeah. this uh, old guy from the back just came running and trying to, end, he, you know, player two entered the match, he tried <laughs> to get involved in the match because he was fucking pissed off, and yeah. um, I don't know who this guy was, I don't care. Uh, it's not important, but, uh, I, you know, if you got a problem with something that's going on in a wrestling match, just wait till later. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I ideally, mean, relax, you know? Ideally, you don't run straight into the action with the wrestlers right there. 
Yeah. Because I've seen videos of those kind of people getting knocked out by said wrestlers. Correct. Like at one point, one of the security guards, I think it was a security guard, I don't know. There was a guy walking by one of the rejects. He just picks him up and hits him with a brain buster <laughs> on the, on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they headbutted a fan as well. You know, it was, yeah. it was awesome. But, uh, yeah, so this, this old guy tries to insert himself into the match. His security has to hold him back. And it kind of kills the vibe a little bit there for a minute yeah. because we're like, what the hell is this guy's problem? Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny because last time the rejects got in trouble for cursing on the mic. And this time they got in trouble for breaking a bottle. So, you know, it's all their fault. They're ruining everything. These guys are fine. Fuck off. You know, yeah. it, was, it was probably an accident. If it wasn't, who cares? So, anyway, um, but, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, the brawling came over our way quite a bit. It right? came on both sides of us. Yes. It was hard to, like, <laughs> so you have in front of us, they're fighting with the broken glass, and one of the... The hooligans is, like, tiptoeing around, trying not to get glass in his feet. And then we turn around, and the other reject and hooligan are fighting by the pool table. And the reject, like, grabs the, the cue ball from the pool table, starts hitting the hooligan in the foot with it. In the foot! And then they uh, come right behind us, and we're still distracted by the gentleman arguing with security and then behind us, uh, the hooligan is throwing the reject through the chairs. Sorry, I don't know their name. John Wayne Murdoch, and I believe it was uh, Mason Cutter that were behind us. Yeah. yeah, and so they see our bananas that were not for them. Yes. They grab them and start eating them and smush them in the other person's face. Actually, at one point, he like the hooligan, uh, was that Murdoch? No, that Murdoch's the reject guy. Yeah, correct. It's, uh, it was Mason Cutter. Yeah, Mason Cutter opens Murdoch's mouth and shoves a banana down his throat. Yeah, and I said, those are not for you. Those are for Space Monkey. And he looked at me like he was going to punch me. And I wasn't scared. And then he, I swear to God, I wasn't scared. I'm like a little kid. I'm not scared. You know, watching a scary movie. I'm not scared at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he took the banana peel and just chucked it and hit uh, John Wayne Murdoch with it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's not for you. That's for fucking Space Monkey. So... Anyway, uh, but, uh, I mean, after all this, they ended up back in the ring eventually. And we had a a fun finish where, basically, uh, the rejects were trying to set up the Judd Nelson driver, which is a top-rope Canadian destroyer powerbomb combo, which uh, I'm kind of happy we didn't get to see tonight. It's deadly. Fucking scary. And uh, But then uh, the hooligans ended up uh, pulling this one out. How'd they do it? Well, they got uh, half of a broken table, a.k.a. door, and they set it between two chairs, and they uh, hit a springboard splash onto Reed Bentley through the mini door for the one, two, three. You got it. Holy moly. So they win, and, uh, you know, Reed Bentley calls from the microphone, and we're like, oh. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't really have anything to say. Except we get in trouble all the time here, you know. And then he was like, where are we, you know? And everyone was like, on Section Pro. So we had a little on Section Pro chant, and that was fun. Yep. Uh, so what was the next match? Oh! Next match was Myron Reed mm-hmm. versus Colby Durst. Wow. Wow. Uh, this was one of those matches that everyone that I talked to was looking forward to. Um, these guys tore it up, man. Tore it up. Uh, it was very good. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, you know, Myron Reed is hot fire. Myron Reed, he's a guy that, you know, I 
I can't believe you've never seen before. I, I, that's shocking to me that you've never seen him before. Yeah, I've been hearing about him for like two years, but this is the first time I've ever seen him in action. Can you believe that he's only been wrestling for around that same time? Seriously? Yes. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. After I don't what know. you saw tonight? I don't know if I believe that. It's true. And, uh, you know, he's out, you know, he's been on our show before. He's a guy we're familiar with quite a bit. Love Myron Reed. Um, and Colby Durst is a guy we, we saw at Rockstar Pro like maybe like a year and a half ago. He showed up and was in a couple scramble matches, and that's about it. All we saw from him. Mm-hmm. He was just hopping in the car with the CCW guys or something like that. Um, so he's come a long way from since then, and Myron's also come a long way since then. And these guys, they should take this fucking match on the road, man. They should. This was tremendous, right? I would love to see this match again. Tell me a little bit about it. Do you remember anything? Uh... I remember it was really fast-paced. It was almost kind of like another lucha match. Yes. Um, I don't remember too many like the specific details. Uh, they fought outside the ring a bunch. Um, I know that Colby went for a couple of dive spots. Oh, oh! There was a really fun spot where uh, Myron Reed went to like suplex Colby out of the ring. Was that or was it the other way around? No, he did. He tried to suplex Colby yeah. out of the ring, right? And then Colby, like, landed and then went to suplex him out. But as he landed on his feet outside the ring, he kneed Myron Reed in the face mm-hmm. from the apron. Yeah, that's a fun spot. Um, you know, the suplexing a dude out of the ring is just insane, especially when the other guy goes with you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of what they did. And then landed in that, that knee spot. Um, we also got to see a spectacular thing that we do not get to see from Myron Reed very often. Um, and that is the uh, Tope Conhito over the ring post to the outside. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. And where we were sitting, it was the far corner ring post that he... That we were on one corner and we saw it from the other side. Or we saw it, he hit it from the other side. Man, we had the best angle in the house to see that. That was yeah. tremendous looking from where we were at. Wow, what a cool move. Um, I love that. Colby Durst did all kinds of cool moves. Um, you know, he had a guitar crusher, he had a fucking famouser, and a bunch of stuff that I didn't recognize. He had a pile driver on the apron to, to uh, Myron Reed at one point yes. as well. Uh, we had, you know, Slumdog Millionaire from, from Myron Reed. I mean, uh, you know, this was... What I, I would describe as a main event style junior heavyweight match. This is kind of what you see out of your top indie wrestlers today. You know, um, this kind of style match where you got you got great striking and you got great flippy shit, and we're going to mix it all together and do all kinds of cool stuff with it, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what we got in this match. It was outstanding. Um, when the unsanctioned pro DVD comes out or Blu ray or whatever, um, this is one of the main reasons you want to buy this. You know, it's because you want to see this. This is, uh, um, I don't know if this is, a, I, I think it's the first time this match has ever happened. Um, and I think it's a real strong possibility that once other people see this and all the giffers start giffing away, you know, the shit that happened in this match, this is one you're going to see all over the country, maybe, because this was really good stuff. Uh, very smart of Derek and, and everybody at Unsanctioned Pro to figure out that this was a match that needed to happen, and it needed to happen at Unsanctioned Pro. Tremendous, uh, smart, smart move here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember anything else from it, or anything else you want to talk about from this match? Uh, I don't know if you, uh, since I don't know the names of Myron Reed's moves, uh, there was a really sweet spot where he hit a couple, uh, he would like bounce off the bottom rope and then hit a cutter, and then he would hit off the, like, the second rope and do another cutter. 
I thought those were really beautiful. It's funny, during Double It Over Time, he came out and, and actually tightened the bottom rope himself because, you know, he does those cutter spots yeah. and stuff. So, that was fun. Um, he should have used uh, Terrell's hand to do it, you know? That probably wouldn't have gone so well for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But, yeah, and, you know, we got to see all of <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got, got <laughs> we, saw, we saw all kinds of high-flying stuff from Myron and whatnot, and uh, Colby Durst was no slouch in the high-flying department himself. He did a bunch of crazy shit as well. Yeah. I thought um, what I liked about this is that, okay, so Aaron Williams told me once, he said, you know, the best wrestling is when I take some of my stuff I take some of your stuff and we put it together and it's like A plus B equals C. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we mix the stuff together and it's something different when it comes out. It's not it's not you punch me and then I knee you because I do a knee and you do a punch. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's like I do you know, I run at you and I try to knee you, but you you dodge and hit your punch and then that causes my knee to go into your face or something like that. You know, those are the best kinds of, you know, uh, wrestling goulash, you know, this kind of uh, uh, mix of two things that become a third. And uh, these guys did an excellent job of that. I mean, it's top-notch stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know what else to say about it except it was just, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it could have easily been the main event. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, who won this one so we can move on? Uh, Myron Reed picked up the victory with a monkey flip destroyer. I, I don't know what else to call this move. It was, okay, so how it works is it's so insane. I've seen him do it a million times, That this setup for this move. I don't know that I've ever seen it, like, finish a match, but it's so crazy. So he basically um, sets up like he's going to do a, a, a reverse monkey flip. So instead of the guy being on his back, like, okay, so Myron's on his back, and he has the other guy kind of floating above him on his feet, right? It's kind of like a surfboard almost. Yeah. And uh, so what happens is then he flips the other guy, or he, he, the momentum takes the other guy to his feet, Myron jumps up to the other guy's shoulders, and then, like, does a destroyer, basically, from yeah. there. You know, I think what it is is he used to do that, and he would hit a poison rod out of it. And now he's doing a destroyer out of it, which is okay. a little different. So, yeah. um, unbelievable move. It's crazy yeah. looking. And uh, it looks unbelievable. And not only that, it's something that should finish a match. So, I, I like sure. that, you know, sometimes in indie wrestling, you can go a little too far where it's like the craziest move in the world they hit, and then they just kick out of it. And it's like, well, what is the point of that? You know what I mean? Uh, this was a crazy move, and it won the match for him. So, that, that's awesome. Yeah. So Myron Reed gets the win, uh, but we did get respect, respect, respect after the match, right? Yeah, because Kobe tried to leave, and Myron called him back in, raised his hand, and as Kobe thought they were going to walk around to all the different sides of the ring, Myron's like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going to let you have all the attention because you just killed it just as much as I did. I love when wrestlers give each other the ring. I love it. It's the best thing ever. So, uh, good job. That was great stuff. And after that, that led us to your main event of the evening. And what was the main event of the evening, John? It was a fatal four-way under traditional rules. Uh Uh-huh. So, what's that mean? That means that there's only two people allowed in the ring at one time, and then you have to tag out. How come I've never heard of this? I've literally never. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in like tag team Fatal Four Way yeah. matches uh-huh. where like only two people are allowed in, but like a regular standard Fatal Four Way match is like everybody's in the ring at the same time. I'm pretty. I, I was almost sure that they were they started doing the tag thing as a joke and then just kept doing it. That's what I thought, but uh, I mean, yeah. But it was it was fun. So tell us who was in this match. Uh, we had out first, Space Monkey. Okay, so let's get out everybody that was in the match, and then we'll talk about them individually. So Space Monkey came out first. And then we had Marcus Crane. Mm-hmm. And then we had Everett Cross, the uh-huh. god of drivers. <laughs> and then we had All Ego, Ethan Page. The guy is All Ego, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy. The ring announcer interrupted his entrance, and he took the mic and said, let me finish. Yeah. And then he said, I'm done. Now I'm finished. Yeah. Can I finish? No, I'm finished. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about everybody, and then we'll talk about Space Monkey last. So tell me about Ethan Page. You just talked about his entrance. Uh, he is an Impact superstar. You know, he just recently made his debut there uh, in a wrestling match. He had, he had showed up on the show before. Uh, actually, as Abyss's, like, flunky, like, uh, he was, like, Abyss's lawyer buddy. You know, okay. which is like uh, Joseph Parks and him were like lawyers. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty funny. And uh, he's very entertaining. Another kind of, he's a Canadian dude, and he, but he's from like, you know, I've seen him in AIW and Rockstar Pro. He's very entertaining as a good guy or a bad guy. He's a great all-around wrestler. Just like he's, I don't know that he specializes in anything in particular. I just think he's like fucking great at everything, you know? Okay. Really good. And he's a big dude. He is a big dude. So, uh, then we had Marcus Crane, who came out wearing, like, camo pants, the current, uh, you know, hardcore champion, right? Uh Uh-huh. Recently crowned. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he's a young dude who's uh, more of, like, a deathmatch wrestler. However, you know, he's highly entertaining as well. He did a lot of fun. He did a lot of fun in this match. His big hair. does have big hair. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of flair to it. (laughs) So, big hair with flair. And then we had Evercross, who had a lot of purple on. Uh, he is the god of drivers, and he's also a member of some other group that every time they say it, I can't catch what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, which they get? Uh, god of drivers. Yeah, god of drivers. And then, Nothing we had, special about him. we had the guy that came out first, the guy that I was there to see, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, he's a fucking monkey from space, space monkey, what did you think of space monkey, John? I love space monkey. It's the most weird gimmick, and it's so great, because <laughs> he's, like, coming out, and, he's just <laughs> and I'm like, is this guy doing this right now? And he does. And he, like, comes out in a full, like, astronaut outfit, takes his his helmet off, and, like, he sees that there's bananas in the crowd. Well, who brought the bananas? You brought the bananas. That's right, of course. I brought a bunch of bananas for Space Monkey. Yes, you handed them out throughout the crowd, dispersed them evenly. And uh, he, like, holds his helmet out. Right, were you the first? Uh, no, somebody else threw one in, because normally I like to wait till they announce his name. However, if people start throwing them in, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah, someone got trigger happy, huh? threw the first banana, and then just a slew of bananas just started piling into the ring. He caught a bunch in the helmet, too. He, he caught a bunch in the helmet and then just started scrounging around the ring, picking up all the bananas, put them in his helmet. There's so many bananas. I think there was like, what, like three or four bushels of... Is that, what, is that how you describe a banana? 
Bunches. Bunches. I don't eat vegetables. That's a fruit. Are you okay? You just like... I'm drunk tonight. Yeah, I know, I've had a lot of beer. You're like really drunk. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, banana is a fruit, and, you know, yeah, they're delicious. And, uh, yeah, Space Monkey had all kinds of bananas, which is, you know, he needs that. He immediately busted one open and started eating it, right? Yeah. And he sat there and watched everybody else's entrance with it, with, you know, with interest, or their entrance with interest. Yeah. You know, um, and he just kind of... Like, he's always in character. I mean, his character is so tremendous. Everything he does, every movement he makes, is a monkey from space, you know? Yeah. And and that's one of the things that we're missing in pro wrestling. I know that sounds stupid, but we're missing things like a monkey from space. And what I mean is that we have a pro wrestler here who is 100% committed to his character at all times when he's in the ring. All times. Even outside of the ring. Even outside of the ring. It, 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 you know, I shook his hand as Paul, excuse me, and, uh, you know, and, and said hi to him, and he, said, and he said thank you for the bananas and all that stuff, uh, but it's not quite, he doesn't say, well, sir, hello, how are you? Thank you for the bananas. He says, oh, thank you, banana, you know, and uh, it's awesome. But he is, um, you know, he is what pro wrestling's all about, telling stories, being a character, Doing what your character would do in this situation. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> now, tonight in this match, we kind of got serious Space Monkey a little bit. Because, I mean, we didn't get a whole lot of his kind of monkey shenanigans. Because he does a lot of monkey shenanigans that we didn't get to see tonight. But that's okay, because this was a serious match. You yeah. know? And, um, John, tell me a little bit about it. What are some things you remember? Um, it was it was a lot going on. Um, the crowd was a little tired for this one, you know, um, because we had seen so much. This was match number nine, you said, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, the show was four hours long, Yep. right? So this was, you know, the last 20 minutes of a four-hour show. Um, Ethan Page even called out the crowd. It's like, hey, you guys are fucking dead. What's your problem, you know? Right. Um, he also was being a real dick to Space Monkey. He was. Um, he kept knocking his bananas, getting in his face, and they're the two that started the match. Um, and uh, the other two guys got out of the ring immediately, and I'm like, "What are you guys doing? It's fatal four way." Yeah, and they sat in the corner like the attack match, right? Right. It's weird. So Ethan Page and Space Monkey started it out, and uh, Ethan just kind of kept working over Space Monkey because he's a bigger dude, and he's just a monkey. You can't overpower a monkey mm-hmm. or a man. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day, guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're right. Um, everybody kind of got their shit in in this match, though. You know, we saw Space Monkey do all kinds of high-flying stuff. You know, he yeah. did the Asai Moonsault a bunch. He did, uh, you know, the, the whatever, Lion Salt in the ring as well. Mm-hmm. All kinds of fun stuff. He did Monkey Flip. He did all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got to see Pile Driver from, you know, Marcus, or, uh, excuse me, Everett uh, Cross. Uh, we got to see Marcus Crane just be hilarious. He was fun. There was a lot of times where they would come over to try to tag him out, and he would jump off and go sit in a chair. Uh, I think at one point, Ethan kicked him, and he fell off the apron and went and sat in a chair. It was like showing the other some people next to him, like, he just kicked me in my new tattoo. Like, I just got this done. He was having a lot of fun, you know? Uh, that was good stuff. Um, you know, Ethan Page hit a bunch of fucking awesome moves. He even went to the top, 
he said, and, and everyone was like, you don't fly? And he goes, I do tonight. And he got to the top rope and hit like a, uh, an elbow or something like that yeah. off the top rope. It just looked amazing, you know, because that's what he does. Um, you know, it was, this was just awesome. I don't know what else to say about it. I loved it. I mean, tell me, tell me anything else you remember. Um, eventually we got away from the tag team format <laughs> and, uh, thank God. And, uh, had usually about three people in the ring at a time towards the end. Um, I know at one point, uh, Space Monkey had Marcus and Everett on the outside. He was getting ready to do a, like a springboard onto them, but then Ethan Page came over and like punched him and pulled him into the ring trying to hit a move. Space Monkeys pushed him out and then sat it onto a springboard on all three of y'all into the audience. That's classic bad guy, good guy stuff right there. Oh, good guy's going to do some cool shit. I'm going to fuck it up because I'm a bad guy. And then good guy going, oh, you're going to fuck it up? I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a tremendous exchange right there. I love it. Um, and then there was another point where we thought Space Monkey was going to wrap it up. Uh, it hit Ethan and uh, Ethan fell to the ground and Space Monkey whipped him in the face with his tail. That's his finishing move, by the way. So. It's incredible. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Right? And so as he went to go pin him, Ethan rolled out of the ring. Yeah, that's and then, he, then he tried to whip Everett with the tail, but Everett ducked out of the way. Mm-hmm. Hit him with the driver. Yeah, yeah, because he's that god guy. He's the god uh, driver. But, uh, but yeah, um, so we are actually running real low on time here. we got to talk about the finish. So tell me what the finish was. Because, uh, John, we actually, um, this is actually the 10th match of the night, and we actually have an 11th match we have to discuss. Oh, so crap. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Because I forgot about the intermission match. Right, right. So this is match number 10. And then there's an 11th one after this. So tell us what the finish of the match was. I don't remember what the finish move was. Okay. I just said Space Monkey won. Doesn't say there. It just says Space Monkey won with five exclamation points. Oh, okay. Well, he won with five exclamation points then, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that was fucking awesome. Space Monkey wins. We're so happy. I don't um, think any of us were expecting him to win either. Yeah. So everyone popped real big. Yeah, I don't see him win very often, you know, because he doesn't have to to be awesome, you yeah. know, uh, or to be over with the crowd. So he won, and uh, but at the same time, Marcus Crane wanted to celebrate too for some reason. I don't know why. And he was in the ring, and somebody else invoked their claws, the uh, the 24-7 claws, right? Who was it this time? Casanova Valentine mm-hmm. came out and said, I'm cashing in on that opportunity to get that title. And he won, too! Yep. It was awesome. <laughs> so he, he beat Marcus Crane, and he is now the 24-7 uh, champion. So we had 11 matches tonight, a couple that we weren't expecting, uh, a lot of fun that we were expecting. And uh, Unsanctioned Pro, you know, as we were leaving, uh, Derek was saying a few things about, you know, the show. We want to get on the road and, uh, you know, and all that. So hopefully we wouldn't miss anything. But uh, tell me your final thoughts on Unsanctioned Pro and, and what you thought of a crazy ass super indie show like that and all the fucking insane wrestlers you saw tonight. So you said it earlier, and I'll repeat it now. Like my, I think my favorite part of this entire show was the fact that there were so many different types of matches. We had uh, tag matches, we had hardcore scramble matches, we had lucha door matches, we had standard wrestling matches, like. There was a good mixture of everything, and I don't think we get that enough in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially like the mainstream shows that we see on like TV all the time, I don't think there's a good enough mixture of the different styles. Um, and I think that's what I really enjoyed tonight. Um, which with me not seeing that many luchador matches, those two stood out. The four-way match and then the Myron Reed Colby match were just like phenomenal to me. I could watch those all day. Um, uh, Especially that Fatal 4-Way. I think that was probably my favorite thing tonight. Uh, the Bandolero star in my book. Bandolero super over now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't it interesting, though, how good wrestlers make other good wrestlers look good? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's, you know... I love watching stuff like that and it kind of be included in onto that and watching that part of wrestling as well. I often liken it to watching sports, but don't watch the ball. Watch the guys without the ball. You know what I mean? It's, it's very interesting when you start to do that and see how some of these guys make other people shine because, you know, Gringo Loco, to me, was the star of that match, but it was so, he was, he was there to make everybody else look great, you know? amazing stuff and uh you know i agree with you obviously about the whole you know circus thing and all that like i mentioned before um what a tremendous show they are gonna have a tough time topping this one man you know i mean that's the great thing about it you want to go back right Mm -hmm. that's that's the whole point you know especially if i'm gonna get a show like that every time Mm -hmm. that's the like you said it's the only like disadvantage of doing a bomb ass show like that is having to now do at least on par, if not better, the next time. Well, you know, I think that uh, Unsanctioned Pro knocked it out of the park tonight. I think that, uh, you know, what they were able to do tonight is a massive success. We didn't even talk, I don't know if we did, we talked about the place was fucking packed, too. It was. You know? Um, they said they had a great walk-up. You know, tons of people came that were not, that hadn't, you know, pre- pre-purchased uh, tickets or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and that's always great. I mean, I've I'm not sure, but it looked like about 120 people, maybe 130 people. Yeah, it was a really decent crowd. Great for that little room. Um, so, you know, that's awesome. And uh, I cannot wait to go to the next uh, Unsexy Pro show. And, man, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, John, you got anything else? Uh, I apologize for anybody's names I got wrong. <laughs> it's all good, buddy. Uh, so where can we find you on the Internet, John? Uh, you can find me at jhat05 on Twitter and Instagram. All right. You can find me at Drusen for tweets. And at the top of the show, you'll hear all of our uh, other plugs. You've already heard them as far as uh, where you can go to follow the show and all that stuff. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Where it began, Sayonara. I can't begin to know But then I know it's growing strong the spring and spring became the summer who'd have believed you'd come along and touching hands reaching out touching me touching you Good times never seem so good